Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Char Shot Games Cast. We are back on 100%. I am your host, Ben, aka The Marvelous Iggy. Joining me is the man, the myth, the legend. Well, not a myth for sure. Justin! I don't know if I'd say back 100%. That's pretty lofty. <laughs> and joining us is my best buddy, one of my best buddies, who is a delivering serviceman, Tyler. Listen to this in the episode for that joke. I have come bearing a important package, and the package says, It's the Septile episode, baby! Let's go! I also am bearing an important package. My oh dick. Brooke's not here. Okay. I'm pretty um, sure there's a return policy, right? Yeah. I'm gonna have no. To, I'm going to have to send you to Carol and HR about that. We, that is not okay. Okay, but we are the Charge Track Gamescast. We are a weekly video game podcast set of games we've been playing in news we've been reading. So, Justin, what have you been up to, sir? Not a lot. Um, I've had I've had a hard time getting motivated to play anything. Um, been more so like watching stuff while grinding out Diablo and, and whatnot. Um, my clan is all moving on to to Hell Four difficulty, and I'm stuck on Hell Three, so it's making me self conscious. Um, because I play every day just like they do, but for some reason I'm not, like, catching up. Anyway, um, so, yeah, a lot of it's just been watching stuff. But I have been, like, in the gaming realm still. Um, I finally watched uh, Sonic 2, the the movie, that is. Excellent um, movie. It's a lot of fun. I actually really? I liked it more than the first one. For yeah. Um, they, they at they first, actually, uh, I was like, they are wasting Knuckles, like... Why did they get Idris Elba and then have him say like two lines? Oh, and then no, the back half get... is just like solid knuckles. Oh yeah, dialogue. Yeah, mm-hmm. some of the best stuff in the movie. For sure. Yeah, for um, sure. And honestly, like I usually hate the humans in these kinds of movies, but I really liked the wedding scene. Dude, that was bomb. That shit was yeah. excellent. Oh, it was fantastic. Like Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic and Tails were like barely in it, but it was so good. It was well. It's almost as if. It does, if you just put do something good with the other elements, they're fine, mm-hmm. and they don't have to be a waste of time to get to back to our characters. Yeah, um, it's incredible. Yeah, the whole ending with the the Robotnik robot, like oh, so good. The Death Egg robot, yes. Mwah. And chef's kiss. I feel like the movie's been out long enough. We can talk about it. Um, oh sure, sure, sure. Like, the, the the whole the whole ending. Like when Sonic goes supersonic and Knuckles is like, you know, your your hedgehog friend is no more. He is now like the you know the that's a, actually a, a god back to the Archie comics where there is an evil supersonic called Fleetway. Oh okay, and but I'm, I'm just surprised they made a nod to that. Anyway, he's like he's talking about how he's gone and everything, and then like Sonic like parts the the skies and like creates a storm and it just rains chili dogs. Oh, and he's great. like, never mind. I guess he's, he's still Sonic. <laughs> With with two like hot dogs sticking out like his mm-hmm. his like, yep he's Sonic all right it was oh, very good it it's it's so good um shout outs to the Reverend with the with the gun in the Bible that shit had me I was yes the, I I remember I was in the theater with this like a, a parent and their kid we both all three of us could not stop laughing at that because it's just like the Reverend the Reverend's in on it that shit's hilarious are you an agent too. And then just silently opens the book. <laughs> That's great. 
Oh, it's so good. I really want to watch it again with some fucking Paramount stupid plus. I don't want it's to on Blu-ray and DVD right now. Can't afford it right now. Um, and yeah, I, I, I watched it on Paramount. Um, full disclosure, I have a Paramount trial. There was another movie we wanted to watch on there um, that had Gat Matarazzo from Stranger Things. Um, nice. Which is also a very good movie called Honor Society. Uh, but is, that a, is that an academic thing? Uh, kind of. Okay. It's about a girl who's like about to graduate high school and is one of four people at the top of her class um, fighting for a, a recommendation to Harvard. Mm-hmm. And so she, she tries to like screw over the other uh, recommendees, but one of them kind of, you know, like appeals to her. And so she ends up falling for him. And yeah, it's, it's a whole thing, but it's really well done. Um, but anyway... With the Paramount Plus subscription, I've been watching a few other things. Um, I checked out the new uh, Twilight Zone show. Um, only the first episode. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll do more. But um, Star Trek Lower Decks. Like, I, I'm not big on Star Trek anymore, but that show was funny. That's the first really one, good. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I recommend it. Yeah. Um, I- my t- I, I follow a lot of old Trekkers, or like comic fans who are old Trekkers, and they hate that show so much. So I just, I find I it. I, that's how I know it's probably good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just, they're just like, it's not my track. Ugh, fuck off. They have strange new worlds to make them happy. It's yeah. fine. Or, or the, um, what's Seth, Seth, what's his name? Seth, Ro- Seth McFarlane. McFarlane's show. On oh, Hulu. yeah, the Orville. Yeah. yeah that that actually Orville, is a good so. show. Yeah. I, that's, yeah. Why is it on Hulu? Why? Sorry. Um,. Um, but anyway, the other thing I've been watching is the Halo show. Ooh, the divisive um, Halo show. Yeah, and like I, I get why it's divisive. Like it's very much not Halo, but it's also very much Halo. Like it's it humanizes Master Chief in a way the games never really do. Um, he's out of his armor, like you know, with his helmet off a lot more than you would expect, probably. Um, but also early on, like. There's there's a few kind of uh, plot shifts in there. I don't want to say plot twists, but plot shifts in there that mm-hmm. like pretty much just describe like this show is not following the games. Like it kind of starts off with a similar foundation and some really solid action. Like the 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 show looks beautiful. Um, like when the Covenant attack and everything, like all the all the weapon fire and like the um, the sword and like you know it, it's all there. And it all looks great. Uh, like, re- it looks real, I should say. Um, not all the effects hold up, but the Covenant stuff definitely does. That's good. But um, after kind of establishing the world and everything like that, like, it pretty quickly, like, uh, diverts from what would be a, a game storyline. And honestly, it has to. Like, th- what's in the games would not be sustainable for a TV show. You have to have more to it. And so by, you know, to do that, they basically um, take Master Chief in a different direction. He's not the just, like, stoic, like, you know, all that matters is the mission guy. Um, and I kind of like that, because if I wanted that, I'd just play the games. Like, we already have right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, the the best stuff in there is still him and Cortana. Like, they're back and forth. Um, she's really funny. Like, she's, she's an ever-present, like threat in his mind as, as he would say um and they have kind of like a uh like an odd couple relationship where it's like you know she knows everything he's thinking and so she makes star- snarky comments and he's like Cortana I need you to do a favor for me 
stop talking. That kind of <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that stuff. Yeah, and the supporting cast is all pretty solid. Um, I feel like not all of them are necessary. Like, there's some subplots in there that they could have easily dropped. But there's some really cool stuff in there, too. Like, um, Mr. John Halo has a like a childhood friend um, that he has to kind of reach back out to as an adult who, like, dissented from UNSC uh, when they were both in, in training. And his name happens to be Jim Doom Guy. <laughs> uh, no, he's actually he's like very much not like the you know hardened killer or anything, because he got out of that life, and so it's kind of fun like when they partner up because it's like you know the guy that got out versus the guy that like has de- devoted his life to it. Um, I don't know. There's some really good stuff in there. That's cool. Uh, yeah, and like I said, the action scenes are just really well done. But, um, I've, I've watched some other stuff too. Like, uh, we went through all the paper girls, love that show. Um, and then started Sandman. Let me ask you this. Does it get really weird? Like really weird? Uh, I mean, sort of. Yeah. Like it's what I've read is that it doesn't cover as much of the comic as you would expect for the first season. Okay. Um, but I mean, there's definitely some weird stuff in there. Okay, because it, it's gonna get if if it follows you, if it, it doesn't matter if it takes too long, but that shit gets weird. It gets really fucking weird in the comics. Oh, show. I'm sure. Yeah. Just from what was in the show, like I could tell that it gets weird. Um, oh, yeah. I need to watch it. Yeah, it's really good. Sorry, I just realized my mic wasn't getting picked up on the stream. Okay, there we go. Uh oh, I don't know why it does yeah. that. That's really annoying. Stream, streamer habits. Yeah. It just like it defaults. It, it goes back to the default randomly. Um, like, I don't change it. I ha- I had that happen Saturday morning. Uh, for some reason, it defaulted to my monitor for for some fucking reason. So why is my audio coming out? I'm like, oh fuck, give it yeah. shit. Super annoying. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Paper Girls was really good. I recommend it. Um, people are calling it like Amazon Stranger Things, and I don't really think that's an apt comparison. But it is like you know a bunch of like children essentially they get caught up in a plot that's bigger than them what's it's funny is they both came out the same year in terms of like original the the show came out and the book came out summer 2016 oh really so that's yeah that's that's really i knew it was pretty recent but it was there was something in the like for like the like 2016 2017 20 even 2018 there was something in the water there was a lot of that in comics like a lot Hmm. of like teens and like weird like over the top i think it was like a lot of them trying to do goonies again a little bit mm. of that stuff, so it yeah. just yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if like there's people are drawing those similarities. That's fair. Um, oh, I was just gonna say that I um, I love Brian K. Vaughn, so like I was gonna watch it anyway. He's great. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as gaming stuff, right? Yeah. They need to do like an adult animated, like a like an Invincible type. I don't think they could do it in live action, but it would be great no. with like the Invincible art style. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Finished goddamn book. God damn it. Uh, it's been like it's been like reading's uh, hard. Like they took years. a break for like over a year, and it, it's been longer it than hurt. that, dude. It's been a lot. Longer oh, is it still that. on break? It's long. It hasn't come back yet. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, I was almost caught up, and I'm like, I'm not gonna read the next one because it's the last one I'll get for a little while. Mm-hmm. I I didn't realize. Vaughn's writing still... TV again, so it's like I'm out of here. Buy comics as he did the that last sucks. time. Yeah. 
Okay. Sorry about that. Anyway. Sandman. Um, you watch Sandman. Yeah, well, I'm watching Sandman. We just finished Ooh. the fourth episode, I believe. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. It's really good. I don't want to talk about it, though. Um, but it's really good. It's very much episodic. So it's like it's a it's one that's kind of hard to talk about until you finish it. Right. Because like each each one kind of is like a standalone like comic book sort of just just like the comic book was. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, my boss at work said it's very faithful to the comic. Like he's read it and it's like it's shot for shot in some cases. Mm-hmm. But sorry, sorry, sorry. I love Yeah. So um gaming wise, like I said, I haven't played too much. Uh, I did a little bit more Xenoblade. Um, because we were talking about it during my, uh, I, st- I started up Metroid Prime Two finally on stream last Thursday, and we we're talking about Xenoblade a little bit during that. So I was like, you know what, I should give it some more time this weekend because that's another game I can just kind of grind during, um, or grind while watching stuff, you know. Uh, so I went through like the Sector Six like cave mine place. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Ether what it's mine. called. Ether mine. Yeah. Uh, and I really liked that, like, as a set piece, the way you're kind of, like, just going deeper and deeper down into this chasm, and you yeah. have to, like, uh, like take the, the platforms, like, rotating around a, a mechanism to get mm-hmm. to other areas, and then there's, like, you know, elevators that take you down, and, like, there's just, there's a lot of layers to it, literally, um, that made it interesting to explore, more mm-hmm. so than just, like, a, you know, flat, generic, like, hallway simulator like some of the recent Final You'll Fantasy enjoy Mechanus then. Oh yeah? I'm sure you will. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I got through that, did the boss fight with um, Zord. Zord, yeah. And pretty much Run. quit after that. Um, I was told I need to give it a little bit more time, but I'm yeah. the main thing I'm not enjoying is the uh, battles against Mechon. Like, I just don't like the way you have to, like, activate abilities so that your other party members can fight them. And then that ability is on a cooldown. So it's like, you do that battle, and then you go, you know, five feet to another battle, and the cooldown isn't up yet. So so you're just kind of, like, hacking away one HP at a time, waiting for that thing to become available again. And that's not great. Um, yeah, it could be better in all honesty. Um, yeah. From that point forward, you aren't really fighting Mechon all that much until you get to Mechonis. There's like a few face Mechon here and there that you fight yeah. against every once in a blue. But it's fine every up now until and then. that point, there are like other things that you fight yeah. other than just Mechon, and it yeah. does get easier. Yeah, for sure. You're gonna fight. All, you're gonna fight a lot more creatures and like in the next several areas. So the enemy variety does change up a lot. Okay. You're also gonna meet the best party members in the game. Oh yeah, so you're you're getting to that part. I already have uh, uh, Charlotte though. Nope, it gets better, dog. It gets better. It only mm. goes up from here. Mm-hmm. I also I kind of regret I was watching a video on um, uh, Xenoblade Two, I believe it was, mm-hmm. like how it's you know it's it's misunderstood and everything, and I think like in in its recap of one. I think it spoiled some stuff that I was kind of expecting, but you were telling me that, like, wasn't true. Um, that's all I'm going to say right now. But I disappointed myself a little bit, possibly learning about some, like, future party members and stuff. Um, but anyway, aside from that, uh, I did some more of my PlayStation Randomizer games. Um, the series itself is still on hiatus, but... 
I basically rolled like the next 20 games or something like that. So I could just kind of do them at my leisure, you know? Um, and I just kind of wanted to know like what's coming. And there's, there's some bangers in there, like some stuff that I already know is going to be really good because I've played them before. Uh, we're getting to, into some of the more like well-known ones, but uh, one specifically that I picked and have played, um, I want to talk about now is uh, Black Knight Sword. Hmm. Um, I think that's what it's called. It is a uh, Suda 51 game from the PS3 era. And it's super weird, but like also pretty awesome. Um, it's kind of like if Suda made a Castlevania game with like creepy, weird, like, um, like Paper Mario graphics and like a disturbing uh um like brothers grim fairy tale aesthetic yeah i can see that from the screenshot here yeah it's visually it's insane um because like you'll just be wandering through a level and like you know you'll you'll go through a door or something like into a different area and like the the backdrop behind you will like scroll up like it's a you know like a, it's a theatrical backdrop that like scrolled to a new set or whatever mm-hmm. um and it's all you know kind of 2.5d but like all the characters and and enemies and things like that are flat um and like the environments you're on are like they kind of look like cardboard cutouts to an extent um but it very much plays up that like you know you are you are playing inside a theatrical production but that theatrical production is just disturbing and kind of gross. Because <laughs> um, all the enemies are, like, mutated in weird ways. But, like, it is technically kind of telling, like, a, you know, um, like a knight's tale, like, fairy tale type thing. Just disturbing. Um, and now we shall tell the tale of Sir not appearing in this game. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so, like, aesthetically, it's just, it's it's... It's not like anything I've seen. And then, gameplay-wise, it's very much like classic Castlevania. Like, you go level by level, you know, you have your your uh, like your main weapon, and you have kind of a, um, like a sub-weapon sort of thing, which is like basically a, um, like a monster living inside your sword that you can like throw out to grab things and um, activate switches and like, I think, stun enemies and that kind of thing. And then you also get some like magic spells uh, through level completion that, you know, augment your abilities in other ways, like a, like a screen, uh, a screen affecting like lightning bolt that just goes across the whole thing. Um, and like, there's a few different like attacks you have, like you, there's the kind of, you know, classic like pogo attack, like from Mm -hmm. DuckTales or Shovel Knight. Um, you know, if you jump and, and, and down stab, that feels really good. Um, and then you can like attack in eight directions. I think it is, uh, with your sword, but it's pretty limited range. Like there's a lot to it. Um, but it also, it feels very retro because most of the time you're just finding, um, like souls or whatever. Like, I forget what they call the collectibles in it, but you're picking up things that you can spend in the shop to like buy, you know, uh, limited time shields or like permanent health upgrades, that kind of thing. And then you can also find some of those things, like, hidden around the levels. Um, 
Occasionally there's like breakable walls and things like that that'll have stuff behind them. Like it's it's like a like Castlevania on a badass trip. Um like, you know, terrible night for a curse type stuff. Basically a typical grasshopper experience, gotcha. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. But like I'd never heard of this game before. And mm-hmm. it blew my mind. Like, it's so good. Um, so I had to shout it out because I feel like it's not that well known. Like it's got to be an early Grasshopper title. Um, because PS3. Uh, it came see. out in 2012, and No More Heroes. Uh, and um, uh, which call it? Uh, the other game that uh, Sudan made back uh, in 2005. Seven Killer Seven. Yeah, Killer Seven. That's yeah, it. did he do Geist also? Don't think so. I don't think so. No. Okay. Because, yeah, I knew about Keller 7. I thought it was before No More Heroes, but I guess not. Mm-mm. Yeah, No More Heroes is a little bit after. Okay. So, yeah, pretty early, though. Shit's wild. Um, yeah. Like, around the same time as, like, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the one that didn't do so... Uh, it came out around the same time as Lollipop Chainsaw, actually. Ah! Which, I mean, Suda had something to do with that game, too, so... Yeah. Um, what... There's another one that's like a similar title, like Killer is Dead, I think. Killer is, that... is Dead, that's what that's the okay. game I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I've just been playing a bunch of GBA games from my upcoming Overly Ambitious GBA Games video. Um, nothing really to say there, except I spent way too much time playing through uh, Banjo-Kazooie Grunty's Revenge. Um, because, like, I started playing it for the video, got my footage, and then just kept playing it for a few more hours. <laughs> Like more than I've I've like more time than I've spent with the game ever before. Um, I was guilty of doing that in the Tekken Three video. Yeah. Sometimes you just get into it and you're like, oh, I should probably stop recording, but then yeah, you right. know you don't want to stop playing. Oh um, shit! I'm almost have no memory left on my hard drive. <laughs> exactly. And part of it's like you know you want a diverse amount of footage, like you want to show different parts of it, but like you have to play for a while to get to a new part, and then you just forget to start recording again. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, that's a really good game, is the point. Uh but yeah, I think that's about it. Um I mean I played a little bit of uh Apex Legends last week, um, with our friend Cytrix. Um Still not really I am still not really a big fan of that game, but he wanted to stream it with me, so I figured I would. Aww. Um but yeah, it's 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 not, it's no Fortnite. I'll say that. It's it's, um, it's different for sure. Yeah, it is. But it was kind of fun because one of my coworkers who's like super into Apex hopped on the stream and played with us. Um, so like it was a good night of gaming. But like I'm not I'm not good at that game. All right, that's all. Cool. Tyler. Okay, so. Obviously, I'm going to uh, talk a bit more about Master Duel. But before I talk about this week's wacky Master Duel deck build, I want to set the stage and help put you in my mind. stage of history? Welcome back to the stage of history, transcending (laughs) history and the world. Anyway, we all have nostalgia for the Duel Monsters era of Yu-Gi-Oh! A period of great simplicity and also great evolution. At the beginning of the game's life, the meta was incredibly straightforward. Establish strong vanilla monsters, beat them up with equip spells, and use any means of limited removal that you might have. The good old days. 
Yep. Back then, raw power was the law of the land, and games boiled down to card-based Rock'em Sock'em robots. It was a simpler time. As more cards and rule changes came and went, this predominant strategy kind of fizzled out, and more players would stray away from the slower style of establishing simple field presence in favor of combo-oriented decks you see from in, uh, in hundreds of archetypes used to this day. While I do enjoy the state of the game uh, to a certain extent, a part of me kind of wishes to go back to the old days of Yu-Gi-Oh, where I didn't need to think about complex strategies and just go unga-bunga with no <laughs> consequence. Yeah. I've searched high and low for the perfect dumb deck idea that meets the criteria, and I think I, I, think I found it. Gentlemen, let me introduce you to Skill Drain Beatdown. This is inspired by a similar build used in the Reaper format of the meta in 2006, but I tweaked it a bit so that it works in the current state of the game. This deck works in two steps. One, I establish the continuous trap skill drain to negate all monster effects on the board. Damn. And the second step, I summon a bunch of big level 4 idiots and smack the opponent in the face repeatedly. <laughs> it's a simple strategy that takes virtually zero brain cells to operate, but there's actually a bit going on under the hood. There's only 18 monsters in the main deck, most of which compose of level 4 Shunguses with at least 2,000 attack. Goblin Attack Force and Toon Goblin Attack Force are the strongest of 2,300, and Goblin Elite Attack Force at only 22. The problem with the Goblins is that when they attack, they switch to the fence and can't switch back for several turns, making them sitting ducks. However, with the Skill Drain, or even Final Attack Orders, that weakness is overturned, and I can have big bodies on the field consistently. Berserk Gorilla, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, is probably the most consistent standalone monster in the deck, uh, with 2,000 attack, but he doesn't get forced to the fence, and the only drawback to him is that if he turns to the fence, he immediately dies, and he has to attack on every single turn. I also run two Cyber Dragons, since it's a great turn two body, special summoning... Um, a 2100 beat stick if the, only the opponent controls a monster, which is pretty cool. The other noteworthy cards I run are Triple Gaia Power to boost all my Earth Attribute Beats by 500, making my goblins as big as 2800, which is pretty sick. And obviously Skill Drain is the heart and soul of the deck. As I mentioned, it negates all monster effects, which pretty much mitigates all the weaknesses of the main monsters, but it also shuts down the opponent as well. So... That's a that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good thing there. Uh, another tech card that I put in is a classic OG dual monsters card known as Imperial Order, and that's basically a continuous trap that negates all spell effects on the field. So basically, the entire idea of this is to shut down at least two thirds of the opponent's deck and just throw a whole bunch of big bodies at them. It's incredibly funny. Uh, one of the funniest matches I had... Uh, I did tank this deck to rank, by the way. I was fighting a Blue Eyes player, right? And I actually have this written down here because the story is so funny. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was, t I was fighting a Blue Eyes player. These dudes love to ritual summon Chaos Max Dragon who has 4,000 attack and can't be targeted or destroyed by card effects, and do p double piercing damage on defense monsters. That is pretty scary. My dudes are big, but not big enough to take on Chaos Max, so I had to put a stop to the ritual spell from going off. 
Unfortunately, I drew into Imperial Order on turn one and set up with one of my goblins in the front line. He tries to search one of his monsters with a spell card, and I fire off the order, baiting him to waste a card. That was a fair enough play, sure. Surely he knows that spells don't work anymore, right? He tries to use his ritual spell afterwards. At this moment, I'm just sitting here wondering, Bro, do you not know how Imperial Order works? Do you not read my cards? I guess I underestimated human intelligence at that moment, because immediately after, he tried using another spell card. <laughs> There's actually a meme in the Yu-Gi-Oh! community that Blue Eyes players don't read, and I kind of thought that was a myth, but during that moment in time, I was actually kind of thinking, there's actually kind of some truth in that. Blue Eyes players don't actually fucking read, holy shit. It didn't matter anyway, because he surrendered after. It was funny. Uh, aside from that, the only other game I played is probably a big noteworthy one that people might be talking about on Twitter. A little indie game known as Xenoblade 2. <laughs> you <laughs> thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? Uh, yeah, uh, in preparation for Xenoblade Chronicles 3, since I haven't finished the second one proper, I decided to start the second one from scratch, because I have a thing where if I don't play a big JRPG for a long time uh, and I want to go back to it, I just got to start from scratch. It's just a thing I have. And since it's like a 50 plus hour game, it's a bit of a... 50? At least a monthly commitment in my case, but... 100 hour, baby. I enjoy it. Yeah, that's fair. That's basically um, Persona 5 links right there. Um, game's still fun. Uh, in terms of battle system, I do like the blade system to an extent. Although it does seem a bit limiting, uh, especially when it comes to the whole gotcha aspect to it. Like, there are three types of attackers. There's the attackers, the healers, and the tanks. And depending on what kind of blade you get uh, for your specific class is basically RNG. Aside from, like, a few core crystals that you get. Specifically, the beast one. So, if you have Rex, who is the attacker, uh, get, like, a healer class, it probably wouldn't benefit him as much as it would, like, Nia or something. But, you know, it's whatever. Uh, I do like that uh, in battles, you can, like, cancel regular attacks into your arts, into a super. That's pretty sick. Uh, I do like that above Xenoblade Chronicles 1, at the very least. Um... As for characterization, I'm still not a huge fan of most of the cast. I especially don't like Tora. I'm sorry, but... You don't like the fact that he has a maid outfit for his robot? Like, I don't mind Poppy. I think Poppy's great. It's just, I'm not a fan yeah. of Tora. Like, compared to Ricky from the first game, he's just not as endearing to me. At least I don't you know. never maybe met because, the Nopon from maybe... X. He's worse. Tatsu, he's worse. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not going to look forward to that. I don't know. Maybe it's because uh, you meet him earlier than Ricky in the first game, but I don't know. It's whatever. I just I just like Ricky a bit more as, like, a Nopon party member. I do like Morag, though. Morag's cool. Oh, yeah. kind of wish I can uh, get behind her playstyle, though, but can't really get behind Tinky characters all that much. Sag. 
Aside from that, I did buy Digimon Survive, but I haven't gotten around to playing it just yet. I just got caught up in... Is Digimon Survive a scam, Tyler? Is it a scam? Did people were scam buying the game that they didn't know what they want, despite that the commercials clearly said what kind of game it is? Did you get scammed, buddy? Fuck you, Wooly Beat-em-ups. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, at least they're not uh, propagating Digimon NFTs, so at least that's a thing. I don't feel scammed in that respect. I'll get around to talking about that game next week. I will promise you that. Scout's Honor. Cool. Now, to give context, YouTuber you might have seen does a lot of Nintendo shit. Wooly Beat-Em-Ups, I think that's his name. If it is, I don't give a shit. Did a video where Different versus, I assume? Yes, different. It's a white guy. Um, Did a video, basically, and the thumbnail is, like, uh, I I did not... um, what was it? Hold on, I have the thumbnail in our in our Discord. Um, Digimon Survive is not what I expected, and and don't get scammed with the PS5 giveaway in in the fucking thumbnail. Just straight up, you know, like clickbait shit. And it's just like, dude, it just if you watch one, I watched one trailer of the game, and I knew what it was. Don't act like fucking like, oh, I got scammed, bitch. Takes thirty. It takes one second to go watch a commercial. That's out there. Yeah, Ben and Amco didn't do the best promoting the game, but there's a commercial for it. Don't say you were scammed, you dumbass. Anyway, sorry, that shit really <laughs> fucking calling it a scam. I knew there was. I I, I blocked him on Twitter years ago because he was just. I didn't like his content and stuff, but it just being really annoying. Now I wish I could block YouTube channels, but ugh. The yeah. algorithm. Ugh. Yeah. Scam. Come on. Okay. Uh, was that it, Tyler? Yeah, that's it for me. Okay, so I'm going to talk about Xenoblade 3, but I'm going to say that for last. So, uh, besides Xenoblade, I have been playing... I did Tetris... Uh, 99 has had a Tetris Maximus event going on. And the cool thing about this one is that you could win themes that were like on previous Tetris Max events. I never knew how they were because I never bothered. But I was like, you know what? And so every single day since I think Friday would have a different theme. So like... Friday was Mario 3D World. Tuesday, sa- sun, uh, Saturday was um, Metopia. Is that the one with the RPG thing? Um, today, well, t- yeah, that sounds right. And, and today was Skyward Sword. Wednesday's Metroid Dread. Uh, they're just they're, they're like basically skins, and all you have to do is earn ten points, and pretty much just place high, high enough, and you can get in one game. Every single one I've gotten in one game, and they're really cool. Like. The Mario one, the Mario 3D one, all the Tetris blocks, it's all, all music changes to Mario music, and then all the Tetris blocks, they make Mario sound effects, and it's great. Um, it's, it's like that little change, so I really want to see what the Metroid one sounds like, um, but the Skyward Sword one was really pretty, and I'm only five tickets away from getting the Xenoblade uh, uh, skin, so Heck yes, yeah. yeah, I'm so excited for that. Uh, but so I, I still can't stop playing Tetris, even though Xenoblade's been out for almost two weeks now. But besides that, uh, I had the pleasure of finally monster hunting with a pro in our good friend Abba, aka Vorn. Um, I woke up, we streamed at 9 a.m., to which Justin was just like, Oh my god, why are you up at 9 a.m.? Which I, I never told him because I would have yeah. said it on this stream. I didn't feel it was relevant because, like, well. You know, you're not you're not gonna play, so it's like it's fine. I figured don't say anything, you'd just be surprised. So 
Um, we, me and Thomas both played with him, and it was literally like, please teach us your ways, Master Sensei. And seriously, Vorn was like telling us all the tricks, telling us all the monster habits. He's like, we're like monster, Master Rank 4 or 5. He's like, he's Monster Rank, Master Rank 50. It was insane, the level difference, but he was so encouraging, so helpful. Well, he's um, played every Monster Hunter game right. like, since the beginning, well, and it's is, basically all he owns. This is the this is the <laughs> first time Thomas and I have played with somebody of that caliber. Yeah, you sure. know that, and, and it was it was just so much fun. He, like he, it wasn't it didn't it didn't feel like we were being carried. Like it felt like we he was, we were contributing it to. Like it, he, he he, I think he said like it was nice to flex his muscles uh, now and then. So it felt great in the new like we got to go to the new area, uh, which is like the Citadel Castle area. And I found my new favorite monster. This is uh, it's basically King Kong with like with armor on it. Um, it's the best to describe it. And it's and to, according to Ava, uh, it is the best armor for both. Is the best armor and weapon for hammers. I have a hammer, and I saw the, the armor. I'm like, fuck yeah, give me that. So I'm grinding out. I'm gonna be grinding out for that full armor set. And he said it could carry me all the way to end game, which is like yes. Uh, it's it's super sick. It's really cool. So monster hunters. Yeah, Monster Hunter still really, really sick. That new area, every single time I thought I was um, found something, it is so big. It's so big and it's so deep with multiple different biomes. That's what it's she in, said. It's it's insane. I'm ignoring that. It's it's incredible. It's fucking incredible. Um, I wish I I wish I had more time. I put more time in the rise. Honestly, on my own time. And once Xenoblade go like once I beat Xenoblade, I'll probably will do that. But I'm also kind of glad I'm taking it easy, so that way, whenever the updates come out, I can just, you know, I'll just go at my pace. Me and Thomas will go at our pace, and that's what we do. It's perfectly fine. Okay, Xenoblade Three. I uh, I I didn't get to talk about it last week because um, we were off, and also I didn't play it that much either, so I wouldn't have much to say. Anyways, on Thursday morning, I played from five a.m. to nine p.m. with a f- with breaks. I mind you, I didn't. I stopped, but. I woke up at 5 a.m., was in a major story quest, got a major story revelation, I kept playing. I love this game so much. It is everything. It is the beautiful love child of 1 and 2. Like, in terms of combat, exploration. Oh, my God, exploration. Just when you think an area is like, this is kind of small. No. I keep finding areas to explore that I didn't know were there. It's insane how big this game is. It is ludicrous. The job system, amazing. Uh, self-explanatory, easy to understand. Um, I love the story. Uh, boss fights, amazing. Everything about it, I I just, I want to keep playing it. I had to put it down to do this podcast to, 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 to get it recorded. Otherwise, I'd still be playing. It, it's fucking fantastic. The side quests are so much better because they have... Are, they have so much more meaning behind them. They have so much more meat behind them. Um, getting affinity feels like it's easier than ever. It is. It's 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 like they heard all the problems we had with one and two, and just made this game. It's it's immaculate. It's insanely like. I have a question about uh, regarding the side quest. Uh, does it still uh, make it so that you gain experience like in one, or is it like in two where you have to rest to gain that experience? Both. You get experience from doing side quests, and you can and you can rest to maximize experience. You get both. Um, crafting gems from the first game is easier. Getting equ- getting equipment is easier. 
Um, there's so much stuff I want to say, but as my face disappears, uh, there's so much stuff I want to say, but a lot of it's spoiler heaven. I don't want to spoil this game, but the the sheer amount of it is insane. And unlike Xenoblade 2, which I love, its big problem was tutorials. This game, yeah. everything is spelled out clear. If you don't understand it, your ass didn't read. Like, bottom line, your bitch ass didn't read. And every time I look in the AKA Xenoblade Cube reviewers. Yeah, every time I look in the Xenoblade, uh, Xenoblade uh, community, fucking y'all didn't read. Y'all did not read. Or, if you, like, it's right there. So, I just want to keep playing it. Like, oh, I, and, and the great thing about it is normally in, in Xenoblade 1 and 2, you have you what's called unique monsters, special monsters. They have different names, different game. I have killed so many of them in this game because I just want to play the combat more. I just, I, it's just, it's so good. And the combat basically divides into two. In, in like how it works is, um, it, it's it's like you have the the Kevis group, which is Noah, the main, the the blonde, the brunette, black haired dude with the ponytail. They play like Xenoblade One characters. Like, they have... Their arts fill up in the circle, like Xenoblade 1 characters, and it works like that. Then you have... Yeah, the, that's what I noticed in the hour I played. The Agnes group, which is the other party with the with the cat-eared girl, Mia... Uh, Mia, and and other and, and, uh, the other characters, uh, they play like Xenoblade 2 characters, where their arts build up like Xenoblade 2 characters, like the Blades did. And they even have uh, 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 crests like them, crusting. which... Which they don't explain, like why it's there. It's just there, but they're not blades. It's it, there's there's a whole bunch. There there is a whole bunch of mystery. So I will say this: the story, comparing to one and two, immediately the story is a lot darker and sadder because of yeah. the premise, because because of what you're dealing with. But it goes even further as you go along. I did, I got this like I think yesterday morning before Eva started. I got to a pivotal story moment where it's like, hold up, excuse me, what? And again, I don't want to say it because I don't want it spoiled for anybody because I I was lucky to get into that. But oh my god, it was. Ugh. I can't wait to get into this game right now. The right now, nothing's beating it. It's game of the year. There, there's. I don't. I, look, Bayonetta can be amazing. Fine, whatever, cool. Nothing's giving. Nothing. This is. This is number one. There, there is no joke. There will be. There this year. There will be no indie indie game that come out of nowhere in November that I'm gonna play that's gonna make me cry. That I won't make game of the year. No, I'm telling you right now, up front. This is game of the year. This, this is. It's it. It's everything that I want. You can keep your Breath of the Wild twos. You can keep your Bayonetta threes. You can keep all those to yourself. I got this right here. That's all I need. That's all I need. And then there's more shit coming out with the expansion pass, which I do not have yet, but I will. I don't know if I can go back to one or two with how good this game plays. That's how... I, that could be the honeymoon phase. That could... I don't care. I don't care. I just know I have a damn good time doing it. It's fantastic. Oh, I fucking love Xenoblade 3. We're going to break. Hello everybody, welcome back. It's time for the new section of the Charge Shot Gamescast, and we got some good stuff for ya. Um, first up, we had, we have a new FM Nier Automata talking about. As Nier Automata fans were gazumped! What's Automata with you? Um, uh, <laughs> as a seek, as, so, a couple weeks uh, earlier, I think two, uh, like, not last week, but two weeks ago, 
a video came out where somebody had found a supposedly a hidden room inside uh, the, the final area of near Automata. And, uh, and everyone was speculating, what is this? Has this always been there? What's going on? And they found, and, and in that room they found a weapon from near Replicant. I'm like, oh my god, is this, what is this? Has this always been here? Unfortunately, turns out it's none of that. Um, it is at the hands of very, it's a very elaborate mod. Um, so it was discovered a month ago as they were accessed the church. Um, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, the users been posted a video showing them going through an inaccessible door into a twisted corridor. Videos confuse the community more, speculating playing the, uh, that version of the game. Um, Nier wasn't believed to be that advanced, so another point of introducing old content and talking about the sword. It has not been real that the mystery was designed to show off exactly a new set of open source modern tools that allowed the Nier community to create their own areas. Uh, a stream on the group's Twitch channel, uh, ZE334Xenia, Show more footage of the hidden area on Friday before dissolving it to a message explaining that it was a mod. Everything we have shared is clean game. No editing was used. We have been loving using all the discussions and theories. It's been an amazing journey. The mod appears to have been created by a team of three people. Devalos Revenge designed a map. <coughs> Woeful Wool developed the Blender tools. And Raider B developed the scripting tools. Over the following days, we will be releasing the new Blender add-ons and scripting tools. Completely open source. We have done so much more in store for you. Devolver's Revenge will release the mod files if you'd like to finally enter the church yourself. Keep an eye out for more, especially Raider B's upcoming mod, which is already prepared. So, yeah. This got the Nier fans talking. It was trending on Twitter. And, number one, shout out to them for making this to make it people think it was fucking real. Like, that's how you know you got them. You have been successfully trolled. I don't control a troll though. It was just yeah. a, a good way to get some viral marketing for your yeah. mod. And it's like right in like near. Like of course there would be a yeah. fucking hidden area that we didn't know about for years. Uh, did you say it was near? Um and it's funny I say that because like I, I told hard. Thomas before it was announced as a mod, uh that like dude, the fucking version of Near just got mod like uh, like it got updated on, on PC like about a year ago. It's like what if this is there and why would anybody look there anyways? So, and then I even thought even more so because they found the new replicate weapon in there. And no, it's not. But still, really fucking cool. Really, really fucking cool. And uh, also what's really fucking cool is that the Mario Kart 8 DLC uh, uh, Wave 2 had just dropped out of nowhere. They just released a Twitter receipt and it's coming out this Thursday. Bye. Um, uh, They shared a a trailer for Wave 2, which came came out last last week on August 4th. Um, and, uh, it, it brings in Sky Sunday, Calamari Desert from 64, Mario Circuit 3 from Super Nintendo, Mushroom Gorge from the Wii, that is from the, that's, you've probably seen that with the fucking bikes, uh, back in the Wii days, uh, Sydney yep. Sprint from Tor, Waluigi Pinball, probably the most yeah. requested fucking Waluigi time. Trek, uh, Trek oh, yeah. I've seen, Snowland, GBA, and a New York Minute from Tor, um, of course, uh, yeah, so that's the next batch of courses. And then, also, it doesn't mention this, but some of the tracks did get some, like, light touch-ups. And also, now the cars move in, uh, what, what mall, what's the mall called? Coconut Mall? Coconut, Coconut mall? mall. Yeah, Coconut, Coconut mall. mall. Uh, they don't just bounce, they fucking try to commit manslaughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, I don't know if it's better or worse, but I love it. They come after you. I haven't played it yet, because I haven't played Xenoblade, but, uh, maybe one day. Um, maybe. I Look out, did. that car's got a knife! <laughs> I actually did play it over the weekend. I didn't talk about it with my games because I knew it was in the news. 
Um, but these courses are all really solid, actually. Like, there's a few stinkers in there. Like, the um, Mario Circuit 3 is unnecessary. Like, I'm kind of tired of the SNES tracks getting put in there with really nothing. Yeah, added. it's all the same shit. Right. Um, the the GBA Snowland one is fine. Like, it's, I mean, it's, a you know, comparable to the other one. But the thing that bothers me is it has a water pit in it that you can't swim in. Or you, you, you can't drive through. Whatever. Like... At this point, I don't. I'm pretty sure every other water pit, like you, you just drive underwater, and then it, you know, lets you yeah, out at some point. Yeah, it runs into a boat, and you can just drive through. Yeah, but this one doesn't have that, and it's the only one, so it's really confusing. And I went in it just assuming I, it would take me somewhere, and it didn't. Um, but I actually, I really like all the tour courses. I think they are super cool, and um, they like you know they're different every lap which is really fun. Um, and the New York one kind of reminds me of like New Donk City with some stuff. It's like a Donkey Kong the Musical billboard and some stuff like that. Um, my favorite, like, Waluigi Pinball is great. And uh, the new course is really cool. It's kind of got like Fall Guys vibes almost with like the, the candy, like the, you know, hyper colorful, like candy theme to it. Um, but my favorite course is Calamari Desert. Um that one was great in the N64. Like, it was one of my favorites there. But they redid it in a really cool way. Um, I don't want to totally spoil it, but they uh, they made it different each lap, which I did not expect. They made it more of, like, a... Um, uh, like, the you know, the, the tracks where uh, you're just going consecutively through the course rather than going in a loop. Um, like... What is that? The the Wario Peak or whatever it's called, like Wario Mountain, you know, where yeah, you're like the going ski, the ski going course. from top to bottom, like it's kind of like that. Uh, you redo some elements of the level, but like you take a different path through it each uh, each lap, and it's really cool and not at all what I expected. Because I was playing with a friend of mine, and he had already played them, but he did not. He wouldn't spoil that one for me. So it was a really cool surprise when we raced it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a solid selection of courses. Okay. Uh, next one up is going to be Revolved Meltu, but we're not going to talk about this in the EVO segment because this was announced before EVO, so uh, that's why it's here. Um, Melty Blood, which is one of the games featured in EVO, announced its two new free DLC characters. Uh, this one being... Literally the meme character, the equivalent to putting uh, sure Waluigi like in in Smash. Neko, well, there's also two characters. I'll mention this one first. I'll mention the next second one in a minute. This is Neko Arc. Uh, you may have seen this cat person thing around Twitter if you scroll if you scroll around the right places. Um, and they are pretty much a a joke character. Like if you even just look at the at the trailer for a minute. Kind of um, reminds me of the servebot in Marvel Two. A little bit. Yeah, there's actually somebody drew art art picture of them hugging with Servbot. It was what I saw. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're they're just a joke character, uh, which led to a lot of people being mad because, of course, FGC top tier's got to be mad when it's hey, remember it's a video game and not just always competitive. So, but in addition Sparking to that, bad memories of Street Fighter Cross Second with bad box art Mega Man. Uh, in addition to that, um, the another character joining is Kyrie Light. Uh, she is not a Melty Blood character. She is from Fate Grand Order, so she is the second Fate character to join the game behind Saber. So uh, I think the company who owns uh, Melty 
like I think they're working or owned by uh, the people who, who do the fake game. So and all by the way, Melty Blade is on sale, and all the DLC characters are free. They're just they're just giving away the characters free. So just buy the game. That's cool. Um, and then so there you go. Uh, yeah, they they put a meme character in the game, which is fucking hilarious. Um, okay. Uh, quick. Quick little little news bit that just dropped. Um, Sonic three, like the movie, uh, got our official release date of December twenty third, twenty twenty four. Yeah, December twentieth, twenty twenty four. But yeah, that was up by four days. Christmas. It's, it's news weekend. Related. Let's go. There you go. That'll get pushed back. Watch. Um, we'll probably come out. I mean, like it's two, two years two. away. Like that's I longer would. than the than between the first two movies. Dates. They re- <laughs> they released somebody showed I think it was uh, Tyson he- uh, He's the guy who worked on Sonic Mania um, Hess uh, and they showed Gerald uh, I guess the space art concept art and they found they saw they showed Gerald Bachman's corpse like in the corner so somebody quotes you did like oh they're definitely shooting Maria in the movie now <laughs> I'm like remember gun agents killed Maria. In Sonic Adventure 2 flashbacks, just want to put that out that there. True. It happened, so... They shot a sick girl, no less. Yeah. Do it, cowards. If you're really going to do Sonic Adventure uh, Adventure 2, shoot the little girl. Make shoot Shadow the voice of Keanu Reeves and make it John Wick for kids. No. No. Honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with Keanu voicing Shadow, though. <laughs> I want the Thank Batman. You. I want I want the Batman to do it. Like Robert Pattinson, I want Robert Pattinson for Shadow the Hedgehog because I know he, I know he can do. Because he, listen, I know he can do it. I know he'd be I'm perfect. They better not put Amy in the movie, though. They're gonna put Amy. Shut up. No more Amy Sider. Moving on. Um, uh, uh, and now it seems from a part we're going to a partnership between Logitech and Tencent Games as they'll be going to be bringing cloud gaming handheld to the market later this year to support multiple cloud gaming services. Oh boy! Um, Logitech obviously been at any Walmart, any kind of store that is the cheapest, usually the cheapest one you go with in terms of, uh, uh, price if you're buying a new keyboard. I I even I have one. I have one right here. This is Logitech right here. Um, I have Logitech keyboard and mouse. Yeah, they're, so. I mean they 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 make good stuff. Yeah, it's it's just, just on budget. Exactly. That's I'm not cheap isn't bad. Right. It's, it's it's just you know like like I'm not gonna spend sixty dollars on a fucking mice. I'm not I'm not a pro Apex player over here. Um, so also not a grammar expert. What pro Apex player? What you said? No, you said a mice, a mice, and 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 mice, a mice, whatever. Who gives a fuck? The English language a is mouse. broken. A mouse. The the English language is broken. Anyways, who gives a shit? Um, I hate those misses to pieces. <laughs> uh, the, I don't, the real concern I, here is Tencent, honestly. Yeah, well, yeah. Anytime I try to, well, I also don't know about a cloud gaming handheld device. Yeah, that doesn't. The only thing I don't or I, I don't like about it is that how, especially been in your home, how spotty Wi-Fi can be, and like at least with a console you could uh, somewhat leave you sometimes I always can alleviate that by plugging Ethernet cord in and making it stable. You're not gonna want to do that with a handheld, and like Lord knows not even with the Switch can you do that. Well, also it's a portable device that is tethered to Wi-Fi at all times, right? Like, 
cloud gaming on your phone isn't even that reliable because of, you know, data connections and whatnot. Right. But having, like, a dedicated handheld that really can't be played on the go is strange. Right. Or at least only not on a bus, but, like, if you're at the airport on the airplane with if Wi-Fi, which is to pay... That, in a sense, yes. I just... I find it a weird choice, in all honesty. Like, just buy a fucking Switch. Or buy a Steam Deck, at that point. The the handheld gaming market is huge right now. Like, there's there's more, you know, great uh, retro devices coming out than ever. Oh, yeah. And a lot of them have some really impressive specs for, like, emulation and, you know, Android gaming and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You don't need to do cloud gaming. No. Like, I, f I feel like this is going to be for, like, the tech people. You know how you always have those people who buy shit just because, like, oh, it's the first of something, it's new, it's... Mm -hmm. That's, and, or, like, or as I call them, silico silicon, silicon Valley Bros. I don't care how it's pronounced, shut up. Um, Silicons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the tech bros. You know, that's, that's what this is going to be for. But, like, for the average consumer, like, I don't see the... I don't... I personally don't see the fuck of this. Maybe, again, if if all of us lived in Japan, you know, where, like, the, the, and yeah. we're told the, the internet is a lot better, you have Wi-Fi more accessible to more people, sure. That's not the case here in America. At all. No. I mean, Tencent is a Ch Chinese company? Chinese. They are Chinese. Um, so, like, you could argue that it's being made for their audience, but this is clearly an American press release. Right. So... And even then, China is really restrictive with their, like, wireless access and everything, so... Right, but I mean, a lot of China, Chinese companies build things like for Japan, for example. True. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a strange, strange... I don't... I'm, I'm not gonna... I'm not interested in a cloud gaming device. I don't even use cloud gaming for my for my PC or Xbox for Game Pass. And I could take advantage yeah. of it, but I don't. Um... Okay, I've tried. On. Okay, did I post this? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, judge orders Waterloo business to name customers who dox threatened Bungie employees. So this is something I think we talked about like this initial story a while back. Um, uh, and this is a tweet about why the popular online multiplayer game led to a terrifying real-life campaign of doxing and death threats against employees of gaming of the of the of, of Bungie. Two employees of Bungie, the American company behind Destiny 2, a first-person shooter, we know about this, uh, recently convinced an Ontario judge to order Waterloo-based now, based text now incorporated to name customers who made racist and serious physical threats against them. Uh, text now off offers users anonymous phone service. On June 2nd, a Bungie employee in the U.S. tweeted an advertisement for Destiny 2 with two videos of a gamer who uses the online Umezi, the ads called him a hero. Umezi is a is African American uh, Superior uh, Court Justice Fred Meyer said in his recent ruling, he is well known among those who play this play and watch Destiny Two because he performs freestyle raps on live stream platforms watch while he plays the game. On the day of tweet, a campaign of doxing using the internet to reveal private information about a person and threats began. An anonymous person tweeted to Bungie accounts to, to, uh, to a threat to kill employees on June fourteenth. Shortly after, several employees of Bungie began receiving voicemails and text messages on a personal, unpublished telephone numbers, repeatedly using the racial slur, colloquially as the N-word, says the judge. Um, yeah. That night, a person who called himself Brian left a voicemail on the personal telephone line of the employee posted the ads. Brian referred to the employee by name and requested that Destiny 2 provide a scene uh, or a downloadable piece of game uh, of the uh, for killing... 
for N-word killing. Jesus Christ. Um, a few minutes later, he called back, identified himself as a member of a far right-wing social network program to publish material that is censored from mainstream social media. He repeated the quest for an N-word killing DLC to add it to Destiny 2. Playing spouse who works for a boy also got text requiring the DLC. Um, so, and pretty much keeps going on. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. The two employees sought urgent confidential court orders requiring text now to name the customers who made the threats. The judge agreed on June 15th, but waited a month before releasing his reasons due to serious text, uh, nature's allegations. Text now collects information about each user, including email address, phone, IP address, credit card number, and logs of calls to text. Our mission is to provide everyone with a comfortable way to communicate, and we place a high value on safety and privacy for users. A text now spark sent an email to the record. Found time we receive law, lawful requests for information. We're glad with all valid requests as required by law. Um, Neil Paris said one of the lawyers representing the two bunch employees at the company had no comment on the judge's ruling. The client did ask me to advise you, though, that these reasons for the decision are unrelated to any other litigation that's been reported in the media. Um, whether they sue in the U.S. or just give the name to the police, I'm satisfied with the exception. Uh, equitable redemity ought to be able to be available to identify people. Uh, so pretty much, they're pretty much coming down on people. Uh, at least on this person, and hopefully this will set a precedent for any asshole out there who wants to start being, um, start doxing people or being, or start just basically shouting shit and thinking they can get away with it because they can have it on the internet or in an almost phone service in this case. That that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah, um, but like like there's this this really needs to be a thing as we, as we all know. Doxing is a very serious thing. We've seen streamers get doxed live on on stream. We've got I, I've seen an entire uh, uh, Mortal Kombat tournament get canceled because two of the players got doxed. Um, so, I, I feel like obviously the United States is behind a lot of the United States is behind a lot of things, but I feel like something should be set in motion for this. At least the United States and in other countries about making doxing a a, a crime. Shit, I mean make it make it a felony or something because you are you are putting that person at harm by putting their information out there. But who knows? Uh, we'll but definitely a step in the right direction. We'll see where we'll follow the story as we, as it goes along. We'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. Uh, Square Enix reported looking to sell off stakes in some of its remaining studios um, uh, in regards to uh, Chris Dynamics and Idos Models were sold because they cannibalized from the wider group. Uh, this was reported by Games Exchange's Dave Gibson out of Square Enix's latest earnings call. The publisher report he sees the unexpected sale of Chris Dynamics, Idos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal as phase one of its change of businesses. Phase 2 apparently sees Square Enix reviewing its portfolio of owned studios, deciding whether to retain full ownership or allow other companies to buy stakes in those businesses, per Gibson. The benefit of this would, to allow, would be to allow Square Enix to move resources around between studios more easily with the view apparently towards being able to allocate resources mainly to Japan titles. Uh, Gibson suggests the likes, like, the likes of Sony, Tencent, Nexon to be interested in purchasing pieces of Square Enix studios, and management once again express their interest in acquiring new developers to increase the portfolio. They call reportedly also saw Square Enix explain that it made the decision to sell its high-profile Western developers because, like Crystal Dynamics, canalized from the rest of the group, seemingly making harder resources to allocate across the whole development portfolio, presumably due to high development costs for the likes of Marvel's Avengers. Y'all make. <laughs> like I, I, I totally get that concept, Fuck because that. but I mean a, a big problem is that they just are bad at managing their products. Yeah. Like, if you have good management, 
you can expand at that rate, but they don't. So now they're like, well, crap, what do we do? I guess we sell all the, off all the stuff that we bought up. Like, they're pulling a HBO Max. <laughs> uh, Discovery. I would say Discovery, because HBO Max is going to well, be... Well, I, I was trying to, like, blanket it, because it started when AT&T bought uh, WB. And then they sold off WB, and then Discovery bought them. So it's like, it, it's all been about, you know, the HBO brand. But it's gotten caught up in the middle of all these issues when people want to expand their portfolio and then realize that it's not profitable for them, so they drop it and let someone else take over. Bro, what the hell? Uh, okay, forgive me, because for some reason the Beyond and Good and Evil thing is coming up weird for me. Um, yeah, same here. Yeah, it's coming up is like it? it's a, on the... For some reason it's coming up on the side for me. Um, I mean, like, whatever. Yeah, it's doing that for me, too. Uh, it's fine for me. I'll do it. That's... Okay. Um, uh, so... It's been several years since Beyond Good and Evil 2 was officially announced. Uh, I believe it was back in, like, 2017 or something like that. Um, After a lack of news for quite some time, there's finally a new development for the long-awaited game. They've hired their lead writer. Yay! (laughs) This game's never coming out. No! It was was a... Remember, the the whole concept of the game was, like, you create everything. Remember that was the whole yeah. p- that was the whole fucking pitch behind it. You mm-hmm. make the shit, and people got mad at that, which is sh- that's the right decision. So it, it probably got like soft rebooted, like Metroid Prime Four. Honestly, probably. I can uh, definitely. Yeah, in a tweet yesterday, Sarah Arellano uh, announced that she was joining as the game's lead writer. Arellano previously worked as narrative designer for Blizzard on World of Warcraft and at Volition, the studio responsible for Saints Row. So she's clearly um, competent in like open world like quest guidance, which still kind of hints at what the game is, you know. Um, okay, Beyond Good and Evil was officially announced in 2017 at E3. God, uh, the game will serve as a prequel to the original game with promises of being able to explore alone or with friends in its massive and ambitious world. Beyond that announcement, there's not been a lot of meaningful news since. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, Beyond and Good and Evil... Um, oh, sorry, there was a beta originally uh, expected to be available at the end of 2019, but that never came to fruition. Beyond Good and Evil 2 also lost its director in 2020, leaving the game status even more up in the air. But it was never cancelled, and apparently still hasn't been cancelled. Uh, canceled, but never coming out. I would, yeah. I would. Jesus. <sighs> so no, that's all I'll say. And what's crazy is like the first game. I mean, it was a cult classic, but it was never a big deal. And now they've dumped all this time and money into a sequel, a prequel, that probably still won't do that well. Probably, yeah. It's. Oh well, or just just wait a week, guys. It'll be thirty bucks off. It'll be thirty bucks off. Just give it a week. <laughs> just don't buy. Yeah, it this is one. the new uh, Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah. Oh my God! Watch it be take even longer than that game. <laughs> well, we're on five years, so give it five more, and we'll see. Assuming we're all still here and we all haven't died. That though. game took fifteen years, bro. I know. Well, give it five more <laughs> years. That's what I'm saying. We're still early on. Like you know, they just hired their lead writer. It's yeah. it's not coming anytime soon. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, so. We'll see. If it comes out before Duke Nukem Forever did back in 20... They need to hire Tetsuya Nomura and it'll go at even more at a snail's pace. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Even I guess so. Um, or let Retro work on it. Damn, we're just, even take, we're just taking shots <laughs> of Sidious today, are we? Okay. Um, Alright, moving on. Uh, this is also pre-Evo news, so... Uh, guys! Marvel 2 has been freed! Asterisk! We're gonna take you for a ride, baby! Let's go! It's Marvel, baby. What do you mean, Asterisk? Marvel 2 Arcade 1-Up has announced a Marvel 2 1-Up Arcade. So, for the first oh, yeah. time in, t- in a decade, you do not have to have a PlayStation 3 or have bought it on PlayStation 3 and Xbox. Now you just have to buy a really expensive... Or Dreamcast. Uh, well, I was talking about more recent releases. Because uh, more than likely people didn't have a Dreamcast in 2006. More than likely, not all, but more than likely. Um, uh, and plus, those are like they like they they re- they they made it HD and made it widescreen mm. and everything. So, anyways, uh, they are going to put it on an arcade cabinet. Um, and it will, it's going to be the arcade one up, so it's going to have eight games, and it's pretty much that versus collection that I said I wanted a while ago. It's going to have... It's the monkey's paw effect. It's going to have Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Marvel vs. Capcom 1, Marvel Super Heroes vs. Street Fighter, X-Men vs. Street Fighter, Marvel Super Heroes, X-Men Children of the Atom, and then it's also going to throw in the two Super Nintendo games, X-Men Mutant Apocalypse, and Marvel Super Heroes War of the Gems. Love those games. They're great! But, look, I don't... I don't want, but I also want Marvel 2, but I don't want, it's the, it's like Tyler said, it's the fucking monkey paw. It's finally not on just one thing. Uh, uh, Somebody pointed out that um, you didn't see a re-release of Turtles in Time for a long time, and they did an arcade one-up of the arcade Turtle of, not Turtles in Time, but Turtles uh, Arcade, and now that that is no longer in print, they haven't done a new one of those in a while. We are getting the Calbunga collection, so this could be that next step where, like, just wait a few more years, let this run its course, and then Marvel 2 will grace, will grace our PlayStations and PCs, and hopefully, God, you better put that shit on Switch. I don't give a shit. Put it on. I don't care. Just put it on there. Um, it's probably a licensing thing. Like, they, they're well, of course it to is. put it anywhere for a while. No, but, like, they're in a while, allowed to put it anywhere for a while, and then the first company that, like, you know uses the license and people see that it's profitable they're like oh okay so we can use it too then well the thing is these other games besides Marvel 2 were already in an arcade cabinet together they just didn't have Marvel 2 um this oh, so is these a- are all games that were included before except for Marvel 2 Marvel 2 is the new edition um huh. but these other ones were already in that I think I could be wrong about some of them but most of them were all on like on another arcade Arcade, arcade one up. That's kind of lame. Because I mean, to have everything but one game, like people could just mod Marvel vs. Capcom two into their arcade Pro- one up. Like probably, probably. Um, but like, it looks great. The cabinet looks great. Um, I think it should be all different games, like uh, some of the other newer ones, like uh, you know, X Men Next Dimension or something like that. No, that's not. No, what? What? No, I, I like that. The, the the thing is though is that um, it's a good uh, game. 
It's not Marvel, though. They, at least these are all Marvel, except for, like, the two other ones, but they use similar uh, sprites. You mean X-Men vs. Street Fighter, X-Men Children of the Atom, and X-Men Mutant Apocalypse? They all, they're all they all Marvel, dude. They all play like Marvel. That Marvel is a Marvel is a fighting game genre. When I say Marvel, it, that's what that means. Those games birthed X-Men that Mutant Apocalypse is a beat-em-up. Except, except for the SNES games. That's like the odd ones out, but they all use the similar sprites. They all came, they all base on that. The other games, though, they're all Marvel. We don't have MVC2. Basically, it boils down to Marvel games made by Capcom. There yeah. you go. We don't have Marvel 2 without X-Men Children of the Atom. So, like, it's, it's scummy, but it's there. And hopefully this means the console re-releases around... Console PC re-releases around the corner somewhere sooner rather than later now. Hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. But they, there's no price for this. Um, it just says uh, pre-orders will go live on September 8th and will ship uh, to accept. But no price, interesting. But it'll probably cost around... They're usually three to 300 bucks. Yes, yeah. typically. I wouldn't be surprised if they jack it up another $100 just because it's Marvel 2. And, you know... Yeah. But you'll probably see this at Walmart for like a week or two, and it's gonna sell it like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, God, if I had the money, I'd do it, man. Just for Mar- just for Marvel two, and it has online. Uh, I want to mention that these games also have online that you can plug a, wi- a-, a wireless uh, Ethernet cord into. Okay, well, it said online leaderboards. I don't think it was online like no, no. The other ones I believe have online like you can play with other cabinets. I believe so. Um, I I don't know about this one, but the other ones do. So, hmm. Uh, our last news before oh, the wait, over. no. It does have a, a price. Marvel vs. 2, our Marvel vs. Capcom 2 arcade one-up cabinet will come with a $599 USD yeah. price tag. $599 US dollars. Jesus. That is like 200 more than any other That's... one arcade one-up cabinet. You want Marvel 2? That's better coming for Ridge Racer. Oh, we could. It doesn't. Um, uh, they have a steering wheel cabinet, and it's like... Three three fifty. It's Mar. It's Marvel, baby. There's that. Mon- there's that monkey paw. Uh, but you know, people are gonna buy it. I would. I would love it. I won't lie. I would love this, the Mortal Kombat one. But those are those are those are long gone. Um. Okay. Uh, moving on to our last news before before we talk about the Evo stuff. Uh, Midnight Suns. Uh, is apparently not releasing this year. It is being pushed back to. Uh, let me just read the statement. We have an important update to share regarding our launch date for Midnight Suns. Uh, after discussion with the team, we have made the decision to move the game back to the launch of Marvel Midnight Suns to ensure we are delivering the best possible experience for our fans. They will launch later this fiscal year on Windows PC, uh, Xbox, and PS5 with uh, Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. I forgot it's coming. This game's coming, trying to come to Switch. Mm-hmm. We know fans are looking forward to playing Marvel's Midnight Suns, and we know this extra time will make sure that we're delivering the best possible experience for everyone. So pretty much it's not coming out at the earliest March of next year. Which I think the fact that they didn't put, like, still coming 2022 means it's almost definitely coming in 2023. Yeah, I, I would say late, either late February uh, at, the, at the latest, like, at the end of March, because that's when the fiscal year ends. Or maybe a January dump game. It could be that. Hopefully it's not, because a lot of people are looking forward to it. I wasn't. I just not like you know, just just putting that out there. I'm not a fan of the tactical, um, but or the car, no, not even tactical. It's the card shit that I didn't want to want to deal with. Um, but hopefully, it just means that maybe they found something that was so broken they need more time to fix it. I just need more time. 
and hopefully it'll come out. We'll, we'll just gonna wait and see. But I'm uh, I'm in no hurry to play this. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. Uh, the first comment on this thing is I hope with this delay the game gets uh, changed from the the card style play to regular combat system. That didn't happen. In That's Jack. not what a delay is for. That's yeah, not not this late in development. That's like that's like you got to go to Beyond Good and Evil for that shit. Um, yeah, that's retooling the entire game. Like yeah. people are idiots. Yeah, just just go play Mar- buy a Switch, go play Ultimate Alliance. You'll be fine. Or go go. You can go play Avengers, but I don't advise that. Ah. Ultimate Alliance three is a better game. Huh? Just hey, he said it not me. Um. Okay, you said it too. Yeah, dude. Fuck Avengers. Uh, <laughs> finally, the fi- our final news story of tonight, uh, Evolution happened this past weekend, which I won't talk about, but it was fucking amazing with the greatest... It was pretty hype. Oh, the best Street Fighter V finale I've ever seen. What a way for a game to, to end when... Like, next- I don't like Street Fighter V that much, but those matches are pretty hype. Oh, shut up. Let's go watch it. Go watch it for good at Street Fighter. Uh, but we did have some news coming out of EVO all weekend, uh... First up, uh, Tyre and I managed to do a react to this, which is possibly, like, the worst news, or, like, the least, like, the most confusing. Yeah. Um, it was definitely confusing, for sure. Uh, hurrah, uh, uh, they, 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 they showed something, um, that Tekken World Tour's coming back. Uh, yeah. Before that, they, um, they, they showed that um, in nine days from now, at the time of this uh, recording, uh, there are going to be some balance changes for Tekken 7. Uh, I forgot what exactly. Didn't they say were. the World Tour, uh, then the balance patch, doing in order. Uh, but yeah, balance patch. Then they, then they showed the Tekken One Kazuya ending where he throws Heihachi off the cliff and does the weird ass meme smile. Then it cuts to a CG Kazuya uh, doing the same smile where the caption says "Get, Get ready." That's it. And then and then Harada. And then it cuts to Harada and Tasty Steve uh, just harassing the commentators, yeah. going, "No, don't show anything else. No, you didn't see anything. Don't ask us for shit." He just, and it's just like, what? what? It was just, it's the most confusing announcement of the weekend. Like, is it Tekken Eight? It's probably Tekken Eight, but they didn't say it. And then Jeff Keighley's the Game Awards account tweeted out, "Get ready." So we'll probably get the next announcement of what it actually is at the Game Awards. So Evo got cucked for the Game Awards. There you go. I don't, I don't. It's weird. It was. It was weird. It was the weirdest announcement all weekend. Um, it was. Uh, next up, uh, Persona Four. Uh, this was. This actually came out a couple months ago, but um, uh, they, they were going to implement rollback netcode, but first they, uh, but it took a while, and they just I didn't say shit about it, and now it's just out. Persona Four Ultimate uh, Max Arena Ultimate Ultimax now has rollback netcode on everything. Uh, at least PS4 except and PC, uh, except Switch. Well, it's not on Switch. I don't think it is on Switch. Yeah, it oh, is. no, no, it's oh. not getting the update though. Right? No, yeah, no, yeah. Switch cannot do rollback apparently. Which, well, actually, it cannot do rollback on older games, but it can do rollback on games designed with it because, because um, that was machines are going wrong. Because Power Rangers is uses rollback netcode, and that has rollback yeah, netcode, so it's just a matter of implementing it. But yeah, Persona 4 Ultimate Max has rollback netcode. You're going to hear that a lot. Then, at 5 in the morning, 5 in the morning, this poor woman, this poor woman, uh, who's the uh, producer of, of Dragon Ball Fighters, came out, and, and and she was speaking Japanese, and the all we heard was Robakuru, and the crowd lost it. Um, rollback Dragon Ball Fighters will be getting rollback netcode. Let's go. 
Um, it's only finally. It's only going to be on PC, Xbox Series, and PlayStation Five. Citing that the PlayStation Four and the uh, Xbox One cannot handle it, and of course that means the Switch can't handle it. And again, I want to say this: it's probably because it is much more. Again, Warner Brothers did this with, with Mortal Kombat. It fucking took them a long time to, to put in rollback, and it was expensive as hell. And they can tell you that it's probably a hardware limitation to where it's difficult to put that in there. And have it run efficiently on base consoles where it wasn't put to begin with. But they are going to offer, like, I guess if you own an Xbox, it's going to be available through smart delivery. And they're going to offer a upgrade path through PlayStation. Switch is just kind of left in the dust. So it's that kind of sucks. But buy it on PC because it usually goes pretty cheap um, some t- most, most of the time. Get Fighters. That game's fucking fun. Um, next up... Uh, first off, this is the it only talks about um, one announcement. I'm going to mention the other ones first. Uh, SNK had a huge shit ton of announcements. Um, uh, they announced that uh, Team Samurai We're getting Sh- Team Sam show. Team Samurai Showdown. Hamaru, uh, Nak- what's her name? Nakaru. Nakaru and and Darley Dagger are all going to convince Team Samurai. Kim Capwan and Shingo. What's his last name? Tyler. I don't know his last name. Oh, I forget his last name. Shit. Basically, season two. They've announced season two characters for for SNK. Uh, and then also Samurai Showdown is getting a rollback netcode in 2020, uh, patch in 2023. Then finally, the thing that has been rumored for year, for at least, I got at least a good year now, or at least less than that. For the first time in over 20 years, we will be getting a new Fatal Fury such Garo game is in development. Uh, Fatal Gauro Mark of the Wolves was the last game uh, in the Fatal Fury series in 1989, and we are getting a new one. And we didn't get any gameplay; it's just a picture of Rock Howard standing there. But the, it's it's the fact that SNK is doing it. So there you go. SNK won Evo this year. This is the best announcement by far. Yeah, it was the most hype. Um, and then finally, uh, the, actually, there is one. Okay, the, I'll mention this. Uh, Guilty Gear did mention um, Bridget is the newest DLC character for that game. She is out because now she uses the pro, uh, she uses the pronoun she. Because uh, before I knew this, Bridget was a he. Before then, um, now now yeah. now she identifies as she. So Bridget is the newest DLC character for season two of Guilty Gear Strive. So now listen to Street Fighter. As they announced, they came out today. Yeah, and they, and they are out, and she is out. She they they are out today. Uh, and then listen, it was Street Fighter. Uh, we got uh, tra- two trailers. First up is for the new character uh, Kimberly, which she is pretty much taking over the slot of Guy, slash, uh, uh, slash uh, the old ninja guy from Street Fighter Five. She uses the Bushin Ryu style, basically the ninja style. Lots of kicks and flips, but a lot more personality and style. She looks to her. cool. Not gonna lie, she looks and, really fun. Yeah, and then finally, the foot fetish community was out in folds last night. As I fucking called this, by the way, it, nobody was ready. Uh, also, it leaked like five hours, like six hours earlier from Capcom Germany. It did. Um, I wasn't surprised. Yeah, uh, but Jury is announced as the as uh, as an, uh, got a trailer. Uh, we got a whole debut, and again, the I, the reason I say the foot community is excited because the first thing you see of Jury is her foot. And her super, she literally lifts you up with her foot, and in her ending screen, bro, she, everyone yeah. online is so down bad for this new design that they're ending up on the other side of the globe. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she kind of looks like a vampire mummy. So, well, 
She's she's like the goth bad girl that everybody likes. So yeah, Jury is the latest. Jury and Kimberly, yeah. the, those are our new additions uh, to Street Fighter Six. Look at God, Jury. The, like you know, the game just I can't. No, no puppet beta or anything like that. But who cares? They were great announcements. Kimberly looks great. Jury looks great. Um, yeah. Fan fan fucking tastic. Great trailers. Um. Oh, okay. I won't lie. I kind of want to play Kimberly. Like, I kind of had a similar reaction to when I saw Rashid's trailer for Street Fighter Five. I'm like, he's the one. I went last night. I watched it last night. She's the one. I have to play her. So we're going to see if that's true when, uh, whenever this game drops in early next year. She kind of reminds me of uh, Isla from uh, King of Fighters 15 with the spray paint motif. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of... There, like, there's going to be fan art of those two for sure. Okay. All right, so that that is the news. I don't think I'm missing anything from Evo. Like there, we were hyped about it, but there wasn't a lot of announcements. But pretty much the large consensus of oh, one there was one loser of of Evo. I have to mention it's not on there. You saw all the games that I mentioned get rollback netcode, right? You know, Dra- Dragon Ball Fighters, the game that I have said will not get no- rollback netcode. Well, there's another game that was featured at Evo that does not have rollback netcode. Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, that was the one hope that was like, oh, it's surely going to get rolled by Neko over Dragon Ball. They announced a online tournament series with a, pro- a, po- a prize pool of $15,000. Or uh, $1,500, maybe it was $1,500, I don't remember the exact amount. But no announcement of rollback netcode. Nope. <sighs> it's all delay based, baby. Oh, they were gonna announce it, but they rolled it back. Oof. Like, so like, there's there's a video. Like, off- if this game wasn't dead before, it's definitely dead now. Um, there was a, there was a video where it shows the announcement, and it's just that like image of like I guess an emoji looking bruh face. It's just <laughs> yeah, they were like spam the emojis in the chat, please. Yeah, it it just it it just goes to show that clearly. And the thing is, side games is not poor. They they run Grand Blue Grand Blue, that's one of the most like like people put money into that game, like money into that game. So like, they have the money to do it, but they chose not to do it. Out of every other developer that's adding rollback netcode into their games, it's kind of baffling. It's crazy, and I was looking forward to getting into Grand Blue. Not anymore, not anymore. I'm not. That game's gonna remain uninstalled. Okay, well, maybe I will just enter just to try to win within delay base and become $15,000 richer. We'll see. Okay. Um, go crown on Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Uh, now we are going to end tonight's show with our topic of the night, which is referring to a, uh, a article published by P- I believe it's PC Gamer. Um, fixating on player counts and dead games is making things worse. No, I don't want your your info letters. Uh, just so the article says, there was a time not so long ago that we definitely that they, we definitely knew which games had sold most copies. If you want to know how many people bought Splinter Cell, Kingdom Hearts, and the Fall of O2, numbers were right here. Provided by Mark's research team called NDP, they got sales data directly from the retail stores. Mathmagic. Twenty years later, we're still comparing games to each other, but now we live in the age of service games, where the biggest games are free to play and sales numbers don't tell the whole story. We no longer measure a game's health in millions of dollars. But in how many millions of people are playing it, except it's a lot harder to track down. Of course, there's, there's a website that's claiming to know how many people are playing the game, but their message for and clear accounts are ambiguous, fully unknown. Um, so basically, 
uh, and it goes to show on like player count. You've probably seen this on on, tw- on Twitter, showing off like like the, like the player count. I see this all the time with um, uh, like how many people are playing current all time peak and it shows, shows a weekly graph um, and stuff like that, or like loss over time. Exactly. Um, so pretty much, and, and so pretty much, let's just go ahead and ask the question for it. Do we believe that fixating on numbers, constantly on numbers, and if a game is dead, is that is that making the games more unappealable, or uh, or should or is it just people just talking? Well, I mean, I don't think it's ever good to focus on numbers. Like you know, being in in content creation, you have to just ignore the numbers after a while if you want to enjoy what you're doing. Um, and I think that does kind of go into games too. It's like, if you enjoy playing a game and you can just never find, like if it's a game where you, there's no content that you can play by yourself, like, you know, a, um, like if fall guys was all party mode and there was only ever like three people online at any time. So you could never get a four person party. It's like, yeah, that would suck. But how often is that actually the case? Um, Generally, there's enough people online that you can match make and you know get through some games. You just might always be playing with the same people. It might take a little longer to match make that kind of thing. Like if you enjoy playing a game, play it. Who cares if it's not that populated? By putting out all the information about the numbers, it's deterring new players from possibly getting into it because they're like, "Oh, why would I want to play that game? It's dead." But it's not. You're putting out that narrative that creates the the mindset in people's head that they shouldn't play it and it becomes dead because of that. <laughs> yeah. I see that shit all the time in fighting games. Dead game. I mean, we just we fucking even said that with Grand and Blue, although that might be true because it's legit yeah. getting, like, like people are legit trying to drop that game now because... There's more elements to that. Yeah, than... but before the era of rollback, um, <laughs> our, our dear savior rollback, um, that was the thing that was going around the FGC. That's the fucking thing I constantly heard about Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Dead game. Dead game. Nobody's playing mm-hmm. it. Dead game. Dead game. When that's absolutely not true. Is it? Is it like numbers that would you like to have? No. But chances are, if it, especially if it's a competitive game or maybe even a co-op game like Monster Hunter or something like that, you can find people dedicated to play it with you. You can still find, like, private servers for literal dead games where people keep the game alive because they love it. Like, I was talking during the Metroid Prime 2 uh, stream about how you can find, like, you can find Discord servers of people that play Metroid Prime Hunters on DS emulators. That whole system is dead, but they're keeping the game alive because they love the multiplayer in it. I think I saw like a recent Twitter post where uh, there were still people playing Street Fighter Four online. Or was that a Max video? Yeah, it was a Max video. Yeah, so like, like I, I do feel like people do like certain and, and it's definitely content creators mostly who use these charts and graphs as a way to justify why you should play this game. Shit, you're gonna see that now with multiverses um, because of, mm-hmm. of of its of its game ship. Um, now, I also think it could be a positive thing. Um, because yesterday, using the same system, uh, Persona Persona Four Ultimate showed it kind of showed like the vague estimate of what's going to be, and then 
when rollback rollback just came out that same day and like it fucking spiked. So at the same time, I think I think it can be good. Like okay, people are playing now in large amounts, and that can be inviting to people. Like oh, there's actually people to play with now, versus taunting the narrative that there's nobody playing, that there is dead game. I think it's harmful. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the stock market in a way. Like I don't totally understand the stock market. I'll be honest, but like I think the metaphor stands. So, you know, if you if you are constantly look like if you have a stock and you're constantly looking at the rise and fall of the, you know, the, the price of that stock or whatever, you're going to freak out and be like, oh, well, it's going down. I better, you know, I better jump ship. And then, like, because, you know, those people start selling their stock, the value drops even more and more people sell because they're afraid. Like, it, it just keeps going. Um, and vice versa. Like, if something does really well then a lot of people jump in because they want to hit it before it peaks, but like they, them getting in keeps raising it even more. But if you just have your stock and sit on it, you'll probably make money on it because you're not like focusing on the, you know, the minutia of it. You're just treating it like a, like a savings kind of thing. Like that, this is where it starts to fall apart. But, um, you know, you're you're just enjoying the stock, quote unquote. Right. Um, so when the time comes to actually sell it, you won't have been swayed by all of the the people coming and going. You'll just take your money and go when you're done. You know, when you feel like you've gotten the value out of it. Mm-hmm. With these games, it's like I don't even know where to find like player base numbers for most things. Right. I don't. I don't know how you source that data. And I don't really care because like, you know, Avengers, I don't really play that with other people. So who cares if it's a dead game? Like it's still fun right? to jump in and, and, you know, do some content every now and then. Um, and even when a game gets super big, usually it's split up between multiple servers. So you could still have a server that feels dead. Like with Diablo Immortal, I'm in one of the older servers, um, and a lot of new people that have come in are filling into the newer servers because the older ones are full. But you might not get a lot of active players that like are at your same level in your server, even though there's a lot of people playing the game. So like just just enjoy things. Why do you have to make a big deal out of it? Right. I agree. And and also like, you know, with a game like Avengers like and I, I'll go back to Monster Hunter, like you don't necessarily need people to play that game with. Is it better? Yeah. Does it make it a more rich experience? Absolutely. Um except for Avengers. Uh but um <sighs> but you can you can still enjoy the game of single player content. Even and even if it's like say a competitive game or uh or a like or or a team based game, talk, you have the internet at your hands. Like no, like I said, no game is dead. You can find discords, channels, or or all Discord servers that are just dedicated to either that game or a community that has a ta- a channel for that game that has enough people playing. You just have to put in effort, and that you know that's the one thing people don't like to do. God, I want to sound like a boomer for a second. Forgive me. Uh, some people don't like to do is they don't want to go that extra mile to try to find people to play with um, if they really want to play with somebody. But you can. It's not. It's not over. And then with the instant gratification, if they don't match make, fi- you know, five seconds, 
oh, well, this game's dead. I'm not going to play it anymore because right. I had to wait. And that can be frustrating. I, I understand that. Like, no, no, no. I play Dragon Ball, and that can be it can definitely be frustrating. <laughs> well, why am I wasting yeah. my time here? But if I really wanted to play Dragon Ball on Switch with people, I would easily I would just try to find a Discord server. But I just don't because uh, the yeah. online the online sucks. Uh, not the game, but just the the just now the stability of it sucks. Um, but it, it's it's there. So. Um, it's uh, worth noting there are some dead games. Like, you know, if the, if the online just, just gets taken offline. Oh, true. Or in the case of, like, you know, Mar- Marvel Heroes Omega, rest in peace. Oh, um, for sure. They just got rid of the entire game uh, months after making it, after retooling it and getting people's money out of it. Like, that was a sleazy situation, and a lot of people love that game, yeah. but it's literally impossible to play now. In that sense... Uh, I can only think of a couple examples of... Uh, quote-unquote actual dead games like uh, Tekken Revolution which is an online-only Tekken game that you can play on the PS3 Uh, the servers for that uh, were taken down in lieu of Tekken 7 becoming a thing because they were testing the waters for that one and the less I say about the Soul Calibur game with the same mindset the better because that game is awful is that no it's not Broken Destiny uh yeah that's the one I'm talking about oh is it uh, the PS3 one that was free to play and online only, that game died within like a few weeks. Oh, uh, I don't know what that is. I was I was thinking of the Wii one. I guess I gave it the wrong name. Yeah, that one's Broken Destiny. I forget the name of the PS3 Oh, one okay, gotcha. About. Yeah, I don't know. Good. Yeah, that's the only time a game is actually dead, is the point. <laughs> right, exactly. When when, But that's not uh, the player's fault. That is not... That is a... That is the company saying yoink. Um, like even right. even Marvel Two is not dead. It is not dead just be, just because like it's it, it's harder to find. I will tell you that much. But it's not dead. It is it is not dead. Um, and again, I, I as long I, as net play exists, like old games will never die. Ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. Go to Fight K Two if you want to play some multiple games. The legend will never die. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, and I honestly think a lot of this comes from. YouTubers, Twitch streaming, like like that, that. There's a side of content creators I do not like that uses statistics and they use it as a dick waving contest. Look at this game, look how many numbers, nobody's playing this game, yada yada yada. And you know, um, and like I, I feel like that because we live in a society. God, I said the fucking line. We live <laughs> in an era where, um. Where so many people online, not everybody, but enough people pigeon off of a personality online. Guys, help me. If I fucking get a big following, if that ever, ever happens, and I, I if y'all see my, if people who, like, do that shit, like, I'm just promise, just promise to tell me to smack them or something. But, like, they pigeon off that and they repeat that over and over again versus forming, like, yeah, I don't know, I like you, but I don't know if I agree with that, that sentiment, you know? Yeah, versus versus like, yeah, look, nope, that's game. We're not nope, bond. Mm, you're not playing it, so you, you talk trash. We talk trash. Bye, no more. They all spit the same talking points they heard from each other in right. order to stay relevant. Exactly, which is like at, at, at some points I get it, but other points I'm just like, guys, like the, there's there's more nuance to this. But I guess whatever makes the the ads click, right? Which I get. That's, yeah. that that's the game. That that is got to get that ad revenue. That that is the that is the game, but. Um, at what point do you realize, like, I'm just feeling spinning discourse for no fucking reason. Um, so. 
Uh, okay. Um, so I think we're all agreed that we don't like this the moniker of calling dead games de- uh, dead, even though we're like we may not be playing them actively, and we're, we're not inside those communities, but they're they're definitely active at some level. Yeah, it's it's a very sorry, it's a very self centered mindset. It's like I'm not playing that game anymore, so it's dead. That's that's what gets me. Exactly. Um, even infinite, like like I said, is not dead. Oh, a lot of people want it to be dead. Um, but <laughs> it's got its fans. It's got. I'm one of them. Shit, I love that game. The game is amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's good. It's great. I, I I say it's the best Marvel game because of how Sorry. creative it is. It's just the roster sucks. <laughs> um, uh, it's yeah. That's about it. But uh, maybe if you out there have a different opinion on this, let us know. Uh, any other final thoughts, guys? My mind is a blank. All right, let's I go. Miss Marvel heroes. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Oh, you got Avengers to keep you company. Um, it's not the same. It's Marvel the Heroes same. is like a Diablo game. Got Diablo for that. <laughs> no, you can just play Ultimate Alliance. That's just Diablo. Eh, eh, eh. It's not the same. Eh, it's the same. Um, plug yourself, Justin. Uh, with what? Um, <laughs> I. You can find me if you look for Zero Score all over the internet, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, TikTok, although I haven't put anything on there in a little while because my series is on hiatus. Um, like I said, I am working on my overly ambitious GBA games video. Um, I have it all recorded and written. I just have to actually uh, sit down and like you know make it. So hopefully in the next week or two. Um, I just haven't had the motivation. But uh, aside from that, I don't know what I'm going to be streaming on Thursday, but it will be something probably with Thomas. Um, so I'll figure that out later. But yeah, that's me, Tyler. You can follow me on Twitter at Hey It's Hat Ty. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, Home of Tire Shoes Reviews, where I review old ass fighting games for your pleasure. On the cinema shot side of things, by the time this episode goes up, um, look out for the episode for My Neighbor Totoro. That's a good one. I'll say that much. It is. Uh, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelous iggy uh, where you can um, get all my fighting game theory shit stuff. I don't know. I need to tweet more. Uh, but I stream live four times a week at twitch.tv says iggy2814. Unfortunately, I will not be streaming Saturday mornings. Uh, I do want to, I wish I could do it more though because that was really nice and not have to stream in the evening. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, but all I stream four times a week it's Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday all at 6pm Central Standard Time Twitch.tv says Iggy2814 uh, and uh, of course go, the, the wrestling shows are officially back now uh, uploaded now is SummerSlam 2005 as Thomas and I witnessed the battle of icons of Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels uh, and uh, the coming episode that will be up with this one will be Wrestlemania 19, uh, which is one that we uh, uh, Thomas picked that I wanted to do as well. So, And the Twitter polls will be back. Uh, Thomas's pick was, I believe, uh, Great American Bash 2000, and mine's was uh, Super Brawl 2. So we're either going to go to the 2000s or 1992. Which one will it be? I don't fucking know, but we're in for a horrible time either way. Um... <laughs> Alright, and that's nice. the end of CourseStructure.com for this episode as well as our other content as well. Thank you everybody for listening, watching. Um, we'll see y'all next time. Until then, stay charged. <laughs>